Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik, live at Jack Dempsey's on 33rd Street. Thanks for everyone who keeps subscribing to iTunes. It's Mike Sappho on iTunes. Last episode, we had Olden Polonese on, 15-year veteran, MBA. Talked a lot of Kobe, a lot of growing up in the Bronx, right across from Rucker Park. Talked some NBA playoffs. Wednesday, I'll have Victor Williams on, Deacon from the King of Queens. And Friday, red second baseman, gold glove winning second baseman for the Mets, Doug Flynn, coming off knee surgery. We'll talk some Kentucky with him. Today's guest, friend of the show, he's a mix of my two favorite passions, which is uh, sports and travel. We'll do his little quick bio. The youngest American to visit every country in the world, called a Marco Polo of the 21st century, singing across from me. A guy I actually look up to, and it's kind of weird because we're close to the same age. My man, Lee Abamante. Lee, what's going on, my friend? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Good to finally meet you in person. Weird guy. We talked on the phone forever. We emailed forever. <laughs> we never met. Lee, what's going on right now? What have you been up to since last time we talked in January? I just got back from uh, five weeks in Europe. I was uh, did a road trip around the Balkans, basically from Albania to uh, Croatia and eight countries in between. Then I went up to Norway, up to a place called Svalbard, Svalbard, which is the northernmost inhabited place in the world. And then I led an expedition to the North Pole from there. And uh, that was pretty wild, man. I could t- talk about that forever. Uh, then came back and then uh, went from Vienna basically down to Sicily, uh, back up to Napoli and the Amalfi Coast and uh, Rome. And I've been home about a week now and uh, heading down to Florida next weekend. But other than that, uh, just hanging around Manhattan for most of the summer. And yeah, not doing anything big. What <laughs> makes you pick a country? Because that's my thing. You've been to all these places. What makes you randomly like, hey, I'm going to hit up five weeks and go here? Well, this uh, the trip – thank you. Uh, the trip I just described was basically uh, a part of the North Pole trip. So everything evolved around that because I've been planning that trip for like two years, and it finally came to fruition. So I just basically planned two road trips with a couple different people on either, either side of it. And uh, since I'm trying to go to every country twice – I uh, just picked basically countries that I'd only been to once in Europe. I got four countries in Europe left that I've only been to once. I was actually supposed to go to both Poland and Slovakia, but uh, my plane got delayed out of the North Pole, so I was stuck there for like five extra days. Um, so that kind of screwed me on those, so I'll have to go back. But uh, worst things could happen. We made it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And you wear the Yankee hat wherever you go, so I love that. That's a huge part of it, right? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> all right. You last time we talked, you talked about a possible TV deal, book deal, anything going on with that aspect. I feel you have such. There's a million of these travel shows. I feel you have such a good, I guess, genre of it. You're a young guy, good-looking guy, New York City, who d- does all this traveling. Have you been approached? I know you have. Is there anything in the works for a book or a TV show? Something a- like that. Actually, both. Yeah, and thank you. I appreciate the. Uh, you're a fine-looking man yourself, by the way. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Um, actually just today I have a meeting, uh, to finalize a book deal. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, I can't really tell you anything else about it cause we're not signed yet, but I'm really excited about it. It's going to be, uh, with a big time publisher and, uh, hopefully it'll be a big deal. So, uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully we finalize that today. If not, it should be pretty soon. Uh, as far as TV shows, I mean, I'm always doing uh, television segments and then I actually have a show on the history channel that's going to debut. I think it's next week. They haven't finalized a date, um, but it's going to be called the wow factor and it's going to be coming out. Uh, sometime in the next two weeks, uh, just check my Facebook page and I'll announce when it's actually going to be on. That's cool. Now, here's where I'm going to use you as my personal tour guide. And this is what I did the last few times. Last time we spoke, I was going to Colombia, which I did. I went to Argentina, Uruguay. Your website, which is liebamonte.com, it's slowly ruining my life. I'll tell you <laughs> why. You met John, my boy. He's my travel buddy. We plan to go to Munich, Oktoberfest, Berlin, Barcelona. We're going to have a Bayern Munich game. 
hit up a Barcelona game. You're a huge Barcelona fan. He lives and breathes Barcelona soccer. And then I go on, I see Cairo. I had this obsession, obviously, with Egypt. And you hit on your website 24 hours in Cairo. I'm going to do three days in Cairo. Tell me, besides the safety precautions, which sometimes are overblown, Cairo worth going? Did you love it? Pros and cons of it. 100% it's worth going. And by the way, that's a hell of a trip, man. I'd love to come on that <laughs> trip. Uh, Allianz Arena is awesome. Uh, the new camp is one of my favorite places in the world other than Yankee Stadium. And uh, it's just awesome, man. But uh, Cairo for sure is uh, is killer. Um, yeah, I wrote that thing 24 hours in Cairo. I've actually been to Cairo like six or seven times. So um, it's, it's totally worth going to. The, my first advice is stay in a nice hotel. I mean, you can stay in a five-star hotel there for like 100 bucks. No question. You can actually split it up. So I would say stay one night out by the pyramids. Like there's a, there's a bunch of hotels. I always stay in the Little Meridian because I like the Starwood hotels and it's like literally like 60 bucks and you have a view of the pyramids from your room, like over the pool. It's really nice. Uh, so then you could do a pyramid visit during the day, uh, at night to see the light show, which is well worth it. And then again in the morning and right now there's like no tourists there. So you pretty much have it all to yourself. Um, check out the town. Definitely the Museum of Antiquities, like King Tut and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Well worth going. And just walk around, man. I mean, it's such a chaotic, frenetic, maddening kind of place. It's kind of like India on steroids, basically. <laughs> and uh, you've never seen driving like this. Or driving is like even a strong word. It's just the worst driving you can possibly <laughs> imagine. I mean, there's just animals, people, just carts. Like, God knows what the hell it is. Just walking around the streets, driving-ish. And... Uh, and then they're also like building like a new city kind of like out by the airport. You'll see it like when you're out there. Um, and then if you have wheels, it's not it's not a bad idea to go up to Alexandria. And then if you have some extra time, get out to the Red Sea. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It's some of the best diving and snorkeling in the world. And again, that's to your website because your website, you listed the hotel you stay at. And you don't do that many times. You never really say the hotel. The hotel, you had the view of the pool. Yeah. Looking at the pyramids over there. It was one of the coolest things like, that was one of the best pictures I thought on your website. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I, I list the hotels if I think it's worth staying, you know, if it's uh, worth going to and I think I'm adding value to people staying there or if something, like, significant happened one way or the other, like, good or bad, I'll mention it in the post, like, if it's worth talking about. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, a lot of hotels you stay at are kind of generic and it's not even doesn't even warrant a mention. Yeah, and if you're traveling what you want to do, you're not in the hotel too much anyway. Right. One last thing about Egypt, the safety no, no worries. Uh, Egypt is, I mean, like I said, the last time I was there was probably about, I don't know, 13, 14 months ago. And uh, I've been there a couple times since uh, the revolution. And, uh, you know, really, it's never been completely stable. And uh, the first time I went there was in 2000. And I find myself there for like a night or two a lot because a lot of the places in the Middle East and East Africa I'll connect in Cairo. So I usually have a night or two there one way or the other. So uh, I've never had an issue there. The The biggest issue is just safety driving, not like getting kidnapped or anything <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, the way I always thought of it is I'm a lot bigger than most of them. So and you are, too. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, <laughs> now go, go to my second leg of the trip. Munich, Oktoberfest and Barcelona, two phenomenal places like awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Barcelona is one of my four favorite cities in the world, without question. Um, I did a five awesome things to do in Barcelona on my site. Definitely check that out. Um, and, and pay the 20 euros or whatever, do the, uh, the Camp New experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's well worth it. I mean, you get to go in the locker rooms. You get to walk the tunnel. You get to go on the field. Uh, you get to hold a replica Champions League trophy. I mean, you're in the locker room, man. It's pretty awesome. 
you're in the press room, uh, you get to see everything, and uh, it's it's super cool. And just to be on the pitch is pretty wild, man. I've done those tours in a couple of different stadiums out there, and uh, I think that one's the best. And especially now, and then you get to like take photos like with like Lionel Messi yeah. like superimposed next to you. It's it's awesome, and then you can send it to your friends, and they want to know the difference. Yeah, we actually <laughs> just got back from Argentina, and we did the Boca Juniors tour. Oh, that's awesome. We did awesome. the same thing. Sat in the locker room. We walked on the pitch. We held the trophy. Like you can't do that. And you know, I do tours of all the baseball stadiums. They don't allow you nah. all that access. They don't give you a World Series trophy to hold. So it's pretty cool holding a trophy and stuff. It, was, it, it makes a difference. Sitting in the locker room, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. Did they have a lot of Maradona stuff? That's all, that's all yeah. they have. Yeah, that's all, bet, that's yeah. all they care about. Now, I remember last time we spoke, you said you were trying to visit every country on the Traveler's Century list. I think it's 324. Mm-hmm. Did you finish it? No, I mean, uh, it's actually they added one since we last spoke, I think. So, so now it's did three, you hit 324? It's 325 okay. now. Uh, I'm still at 318. <laughs> okay. um, you know, it's something I definitely want to do because, like, I'm so damn close to doing mm-hmm. it. And so few people have done it. But they just keep adding, like, little kind of annoying, insignificant places. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pain in the ass to add, like, uh, you know, a trip just to go to... Bata, which is this little exclave of Equatorial Guinea, which is going to cost me like four or five thousand bucks plus like a week of time to actually go there. All to say, I was there when there's absolutely nothing to do there. Right before I came here, I went on your website again, liabamonte.com, and Wake Island was you didn't go there. Is because that's something you hear of. Why didn't because you just rolled your eyes? Because I'm like, wow, Wake Island, I've heard of that. Because the other <laughs> five or six I didn't hear of. I'm like, I don't even know where the hell this is. Where, yeah, Wake Island, I've heard of. Why haven't you gone there? Yeah, Wake Island is um, it's kind of like the X factor. In uh, if you're trying to complete the Traveler Century Club, there's two X factors: Wake Island and the British Indian Ocean Territory. Uh, people might have heard of Diego Garcia because it's a U.S. Uh, British joint military base. Wake Island is famous because they had a massive battle there in World War II, and since then it's been taken over by the U.S. military, right? And it's controlled by the uh, U.S. Air Force. Now to get there is like a pain in the ass. Epic to any pain in the ass you can imagine. <laughs> and um, the only time it's gone, I think it's in the last 35 years, was in 2009. And uh, the reason I didn't go in 2009 was because I was in business school and I had finals like that week. And I, I, I really wanted to, but I was guaranteed that they would go the following year because it was going to be like the 70th anniversary or whatever of the Battle of Wake Island, which which the military granted access Um Anyway, so I had a ticket, canceled. Uh, three years ago, I had a ticket, was canceled. So I ended up in Guam all these times. And then this year, uh, for sure, it was going to go, right? And then, like, a week before, it was canceled. I'm like, F, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I ended up in Guam again for, like, the fourth or fifth time. And I'm there for, like, four days, like, on each end. And it sucked. And I had... Uh, you know, I had some friends and family with me, and, uh, you know, it's just like we were going to make a big thing out of it. So we flew there from Hawaii, like, both ways. I mean, it costs a fortune to get there, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And the time factor. So, uh, yeah, so Wake Island's kind of on my uh, SHIT list, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I'll get there one of these days. But, you know, I'm not even really sweating anymore. I mean, I'd like to go, but I don't really give a shit. Well, you just nailed it because <laughs> I want to talk some sports, but a few more travel. You say you don't give a shit. I have OCD, so when I plan stuff, I'm like, I have to – I want to go everywhere in the world. Everyone always says it. I'm actually doing it. I'd rather, I'm going to die penniless, and that's okay, but I want to finish this bucket list. The fact that you're not going to, it doesn't bother you? I envy that on you if it doesn't bother you. I mean, it's, it's like annoying, but it, it might staying up at night about it. No, I don't give a shit, man. Uh, listen, <laughs> I've been, I, you know, I worked in the World Trade Center, dude. I've been through some shit, you know what I mean? So if I don't get to Wake Island, which is an insignificant speck of land in the middle of the ocean, I'll fucking live, you know? <laughs> now, have you ever gone, like you've been to all the countries, have you ever 
not gone to like a landmark or something that you want to see? Like just say, I've been to Peru, I've never been to Machu Picchu. I've been to Poland, I didn't go to, is there any place that you want to, maybe a landmark you want to see that you haven't? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't really say there is. I mean, there's a couple things like you mentioned Peru. I didn't, I've only been to Peru once, uh, and I didn't go to the Nazca lines. I did the hike. Uh, I did the Southern part of the country. I didn't do the Nazca lines. So if I go back to Peru, I'll definitely do that. And, uh, other than that, I mean, I really can't think of anything. I'm really good at getting around, you know what I mean? And I make sure I do stuff. And if I don't do it, I've made a point of going back to places. I mean, there's a couple of places like I was only in for, you know, a, a few hours or a day and I didn't get to do everything. Maybe I would have wanted like, uh, Ethiopia, for instance, there's some, uh, spots in the highland and like this crazy depression that I'd like to see. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's not like keeping me up at night either. So, I mean, I'll get back there at some point cause Ethiopia is like a big, uh, hub in that region of Africa. So I'm sure I'll be there and it's part of star Alliance so, on the airline. So any sporting events that we're going to segue into sports after a few more questions. Any sporting events that you want to go to? Because I'm going to we'll combine this a little bit sports and travel. I've been to the Super Bowl, NCAA basketball finals, all that stuff. Haven't done the Olympics yet. Haven't done the World Cup. Is there any sporting events or a stadium <clears throat> that you're dying to do that you haven't? You know, I want to go to everything. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to do uh, – I'd much rather go to, like, the Champions League final than go to Wake Island. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh and, and, you know, I was going to go this year. I'm actually glad I didn't because it's two teams that I really dislike who are going to be in the finals, the two, two Madrid teams. They, they knocked out both of the other teams. They knocked yeah, Barcelona yeah, and Munich right afterwards. Exactly. So, so and I, I despise Real Madrid, like, epically. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I didn't pay the money. I wish I went last year because Barcelona yes. won. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. I mean, I just haven't decided I'm going to do it. I haven't been to the French Open final. I'm going in three weeks. Uh, I'll be at the men's final uh, on June 5th. And um, the Wimbledon final is the only men's tennis tournament that I won't have been to the final of. I've been to Wimbledon, but not the final. So that's on my list for sure. It's just a question of paying the money. I mean, uh, you know, those tickets you can get. You just got to pay out the ass for yeah. them. Um uh, yeah, the Champions League. Uh, I mean, the Rugby World Cup is is awesome. I'm probably going to go to that in Japan. I had such a good time the last couple of times. Uh, the Olympics is great. Um, I'm debating going to the one in um, in uh, where's it in Rio. Rio. Um, you know, Rio is like a crazy city, mm -hmm. and uh, I love going there. And it's hectic on a normal Tuesday. So if the the whole world is there, like for the Olympics, I imagine it's just going to be a, a total madhouse. So I haven't decided if I'm going to go yet. I have a buddy actually who swims for Team USA, so oh, wow, really? uh, I'd like to go support him. He won a gold medal in uh, 2012. Uh, he was on Michael Phelps' uh, relay oh, really? team. Yeah, oh, that's cool shit. His name's Connor Dwyer. Great dude. So I, I'm, I'd like to cheer him on, whether it's on TV or uh, in person. Um, what else do I want to do? Uh, you know, just everything, really. I mean, I, I want to go to all the big stadiums. I've been to most of them in Europe. Uh, I, I still haven't been to the Bernabeu. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been to the San Siro, actually, which is why I was considering going this year. Okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, I've been – oh, I haven't been to Anfield. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been to most of them. I just want to – I just love going to games, man. You know how it is. I just yeah, like that, the that's atmosphere. That's what we do. Yeah. And now, Eddie Pele came to visit us, and I'm going to jump onto Africa real quick. I hate to do generic, like, hey, how's this country? And I hate when people ask me, what's your favorite country? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I hooked up with the hottest girl ever here, so this is my new favorite. Um, you could be in the worst place in the world if that <laughs> happens. It's your favorite country. It's the greatest place on earth. Um, Eddie's, I'm going to say he's kind of weird. He wants. He tells me, hey, you want to go to some World Cup qualifying games? I said, yeah, bro, wherever you want to go. I'm thinking he's going to hit up some maybe Iceland, all these other places. He's naming all these countries in Africa, which I'm down to go for. 
And I want, we, we talked about it, I want to go to, just say Zimbabwe, I want to go to Victoria Falls, I want to go here, I want to go to Mount Kilimanjaro, I want to do all these things there. You didn't, have you ever watched any soccer games in Africa? And is it safe for us to go there to safer countries, not to maybe DR Congo? It, it, is some aspects of it safe? Because you go on wiki travel, you Google it, safety warning, red flags, don't go there. What do you... Well, number one, I don't put any faith in what the government says about um, travel warnings and stuff like that. I mean, you know, they give travel warnings to go to Jamaica and Mexico and, uh, you know, pick a country. If something happened like one time, like 20 years ago, they stay on the U.S. government shit list forever. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not saying like the DR Congo is it's, it's not a very nice place, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's also... I had no issues whatsoever. And uh, speaking of stadiums, I went to the stadium where Ali beat Foreman in the rum Rumble in the Jungle that's there. That's the coolest picture that you have. Yeah, thanks, have, man. Because <laughs> people in the background, I'm telling you, that's what bothers me. And I, I hate to cut you off. That's what I mean about the website. I'm like, I want to go to Congo because <laughs> I want to take that picture of you there. Like, that's the coolest picture. You're Muhammad Ali. And it's just like an, an empty, abandoned stadium, isn't yeah, it's, it? It's exactly what it is. And at one point, it was the center of not just the sports universe. I mean, that was like... That was like a, a thing for for everybody. That was like a humanity kind of thing, and uh, it was a, it was a really really big deal. And um, you know, it just was a cross cultural kind of event, and it brought Africa into the forefront. Really, Sub-Saharan Africa for the first time, uh, really ever, probably. Mm -hmm. You know, outside of bad, really bad things. So uh, it was nice to see that. And, uh, yeah, man, I've been to games in a couple different countries, South Africa. I've been to stadiums in Angola, um, uh, Egypt, and uh, Morocco. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot, of, a, lot, a lot to do there. And, you know, I have no problems whatsoever with going to games there. A Africa Cup of Nations would be pretty fun, like especially if it was in a crazy soccer place like Cameroon or Ghana or something like that. Man, that would be pretty cool. I'd like to do that. Oh, and your buddy's wearing a uh, CFL shirt. I'd like to go to the Great Cup, too. We're going to set it up afterwards. I have a buddy Was who that plays. Is that the uh, Rough Riders there? <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> yeah, I have a buddy who plays, Vidal Hazleton. He comes on my show. He's from uh, he's from Staten Island. Yeah. Went to USC, Cincinnati, played for the Jets, and now he's in, he plays for Toronto. You're not a souvenir guy, right? No souvenirs. You, yeah, me either. None. The Nothing. only thing I'll take, I get currency from my little cousin anywhere I go, but no souvenirs. And do you regret that, not getting any souvenirs? Or? No, because then I wouldn't be able to fit in my apartment. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like I get passport stamps. And uh, it was funny when I, was, uh, when I first started traveling around Europe and stuff like that, I remember – um, you know, I was in London, Paris, like most of the big cities, and I was buying uh, Hard Rock Cafe shot glasses, uh, just <laughs> never thinking I was because I was in college, yeah. and uh, you know, never thinking I was going to actually travel nearly as much as I did. I just thought it'd be cool to bring back to my fraternity house and be like, "Hey guys, I got this in London. You know what I mean? This is neat. Let's take shots." You know. But uh, really, you know, then I got to about 20 and I was like, what the hell am I going to do with all these fucking shot glasses? <laughs> you know? So that was pretty much it for that. But no, I don't regret it. I mean, I, I got so many memories, man, and photos and stuff like that. Those are my souvenirs. See, that's I'm the same way. Uh, John, who was just here, he gets a shot glass. I'm like, stop, because we were in Columbia, went to three different cities. He got shot glasses from each city. I'm like, dude, you're going to have a thousand shot glasses. Yeah. Just, hey, you mentioned your passport. My last travel question to you. I'm assuming it's not like mostly others. It's probably the thick extra pages. Have you ever had any problems going to a country and then coming back home or vice versa when they're like, hey, why have you been to all – did they get like question it? Is it like – It happens almost every time. Really, whether really? Uh, it, Now with global entry, it's a lot easier. Before global entry, coming back in the States, I was, I was quarantined a couple different times. They're asking me questions, super irritating, uh, especially coming back from like Latin America. Like if I connected in Houston or Dallas a bunch of times, I had such problems or Miami. 
Um, I'll still get it a lot of times in other countries, mainly because they've never seen a passport that thick. I think I have 168 pages in my passport right now. It's, I mean, it's just about an inch thick. It's, it's pretty, pretty big. And, uh, it's a lot of visas. That's what makes it so thick. And, uh, a lot of the countries, most of the uh, customs guys or immigration people have never heard of. So they're like, wait, what's Uzbekistan? You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, it's a Central Asian country. It used to be this part of the Soviet Union. You should check it out. It's lovely this time of year. You know what I mean? He's like, the hell are you talking about, man? You know? And uh, so it's like one of those deals. They're like, they'll thumb through and see a bunch of West African visas. And, you know, they're like... Uh, you know, whatever, where is this country? I remember one guy goes to me, the first page of my new passport, the one I currently use is an Eritrea visa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an East African war torn nation for years now. And uh, the guy goes, isn't that the worst place in the world? I was like, actually, it was colonized by Italians. They have pretty good food there, really good coffee. It's pretty clean. He goes, I actually have a pretty nice time. You should check it out, you know? And, it's, and he thinks you're being an asshole and uh, I'm actually being serious. And it takes him a second to realize I'm not like talking, you know, being a wise ass. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I get hassled a lot about it. Um, Canada and Israel, I think are the two worst. Uh, Canada gives me crap every time I go up there and I'm in Canada at least four or five times a year. Um, Israel, I had the worst customs experience of my life the last time I was there and I haven't been back since 2011 and with no immediate plans to go back because of that incident. So last travel question, Lee Abamante lands in the country, whether, whatever country it is, what do you do first? Like you land, Get to the hotel, you put your bags in, what do you do? Do you start right away hitting your list of I have to see this, this, and this, or what do you do? Yeah, the first thing I do is, like you said, drop your stuff off, and then I just go walk around. Um, that's I always walk around. That's the first thing I do. Um, and I try to pick hotels based on their location, so everything's kind of walkable. I mean, some places, you know, things are not walkable, but especially if you're in a major city, almost everything's generally walkable, and I don't mind walking. I live in New York. I walk, you know, miles a day, so I don't care. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I like to know where the best restaurants are. You know, I want to try the local brew or wine or like whatever they're famous for. Like, you know, if they're good for grappa or, you know, some kind of liqueur, I want to try. I want to try all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always find out where the best restaurant is, um, you know, and then I'll have a little bit of a plan, but I don't plan too much because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who you're going to meet, um, all that stuff. So I like to leave things open. One last thing about Africa, because Eddie's here and I don't know if Eddie wants to jump on. Have you gone there alone by yourself? Because a lot of times my issues, my issue with John is great. We want to go to these countries. Hey, let's go to Iceland. Let's go to Thailand. He's like, hey, this is what he tells me. Sell me on it. And I really make it a little itinerary. I'm like, in, in Thailand, we can do Bangkok, Chiang Mai, Phuket, PP Island. We can do all this, ride an elephant, play with a tiger. Then he wants to go. It's hard to sell some people in Africa when no one wants to go with you. Did you go alone? And any like culture, like when you get there, listen, you're the white American guy. Does that get you nervous, like just going to a place alone? I've never been nervous, to be honest. Um, I, I've done a couple Africa trips by myself. Um, I've always been fortunate where I've had friends and family who like to travel and have the means to travel. And uh, even mo- the most important thing is the wherewithal and the desire to do it. Because that's the hardest thing is not just finding someone with the time or the money, but who actually wants to go to Chad or Cameroon or like one of these places. You know what I mean? It's a hard sell if someone's spending a couple weeks of their vacation and yep. like, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to go to some place that some people would describe as a shithole you know what I mean so uh you know that's a tough sell but um I have some pretty adventurous friends a lot of friends who are well traveled you know not travel blogging type people just people who like to travel like you know people I've known for years and years so um so I've always been fortunate the one trip I did by myself that really stands out I did a trip from like Chad to the Seychelles alone for a couple months 
And, uh, you know, that was like one of these trips where I was trying to go to all the countries and like I hit a bunch of countries in the Central African region and like kind of like in the Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, like Angola, like kind of over there, that region. And uh, then I went across basically Malawi, Burundi, Uganda, you know, those countries and out to like Mauritius and the Seychelles. And uh, man, that was wild, dude. And, uh, you know, my French is is not good, but I mean, it's also not awful. So, I mean, it was enough to get by in most of the places, but you can always find someone that speaks English generally in a hotel. And, uh, you know, so I just made the most of it. I did the best I could. And, uh, you know, some places were great. Some pieces sucked. Uh, some places I would like to go back to. Some places I, I don't, but I probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, but, um, you know, it was an experience nonetheless and, uh, one I won't soon forget for sure. Last travel thing. And don't just say, cause we're talking about it. Do yeah. you get tired of talking about it? Cause you get hit up. No one's hitting you up. I want to talk some sports with you before you go. People don't hit you up to like, Hey, what's your thoughts about New York real estate? Or what about people hit you up to talk about travel, travel, travel. Do you get tired of talking about it? Well, you know, talking about travel is kind of my job. So, um, you know, it's like asking a lawyer if they get tired of talking about law. I mean, it's your job, you know. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people ask me about New York real estate, but they're the people (laughs) who know me. You know what I mean? So it's it's people who don't know me that only ask me about travel because that's what they think that they're supposed to ask me. You know what I mean? But I'm a pretty, you know, well-versed person on a lot of subjects. So, you know, like my friends and I, we never talk about travel. And people who meet me in a social setting like with my friends and stuff like that they're like wow you guys don't talk about travel and they're like oh my god that's all I wanted to talk to you about I'm like I'm pretty educated you know I can speak about a variety of topics and I have a lot of interests you know so sure travels at the forefront and um, it's one of my passions it's it's not my biggest passion and uh, but it's something I love obviously and it's something I'm, I'm knowledgeable about so I do like talking about it but I also only like talking about it with people who actually care about the answers because there's nothing more annoying than when people ask you a question because they feel compelled to yes. do so because, oh, you've been to all the countries. I should ask you, have you been to this country? Well, no shit, duh. I've been to them all. <laughs> Every you know country. What I mean? So it's, uh, that's usually people's first question. Oh, have you been to North Korea or something like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, or, oh, what's your favorite? Just because oh. they feel compelled to ask you. And that's fine if you actually care, but if you're just asking because you think you're supposed to, that kind of annoys me. But I, at the same time, I understand why people do it. Um, you know, I guess if I was to meet somebody who was an expert in whatever field that they were in, I would probably be like, you know, if I met some crazy chemist, I would go, so what's your favorite, you know, periodic table <laughs> element, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to segue into sports because that's my biggest passion. Same. In my apartment, I have two seats from Yankee Stadium. It's a sad story I tell all the time when I do radio in Kentucky, up here, my podcast, if you ask my ex-wife legitimately why we broke up, the reason she left, the big reason is the Yankees in Kentucky basketball. And that's the <laughs> God's honest truth. And um, the famous story goes, she came downstairs crying, and she's like, look at me. In the, we were married for eight months. And she said, look at me in the eyes. Would you trade this marriage for three Kentucky championships? And I said, I would trade it for one. We haven't won one since 98. Are you kidding me? What, what, what's that phrase? Don't ask a question you don't want an answer to? Exactly. <laughs> Yada, yada, yada. She's gone forever. So right now, we're both wearing Yankee hats, both worn and tore. I wear mine everywhere. They're supposed to be dark blue. They're faded gray. What's your think, uh, thoughts of the Yankees now? We had this great bullpen, and we talked in January. We just got Chapman. We were excited about Chapman, Miller, right, Kansas. Right. We're excited about this. We're struggling now. Listen, it's early May. My thought on the Yankees right now, bring up the young kids. I'm okay with doing what the Pirates did. Um, I guess the Astros did. Let's develop these young kids. Let's suck for two years, and then let's go hard for either Harper or Machado. Let's go hard for Harvey or Strasburg. What's your thoughts on the Yankees right now and what we should do? 
Well, number one, I think that the the strength of their team you just mentioned is their bullpen, right? Everyone's going crazy about the bullpen. Like, you win the first six innings, and then seven, eight, and nine, you own. Okay, but you got to win the first six innings. I mean, uh, you know, you could have the three best relievers. You could have Bruce Sutter, Lee Smith, and Mariano Rivera in the bullpen. But if you don't have the lead, it doesn't mean shit, right? So... Um, they got to score runs, and the problem that they're going to face and are facing is that their theoretical best hitters are all you know 38 and above. I don't know how old Tex is, but he's definitely at the Less tail end of his career. Uh, Beltran is uh, you know a shell of himself, and A Rod, who I very much dislike, um, is uh, currently on a DL. But the sad thing is they really rely upon him at 41 years old to uh, to carry the load, and uh, you know he's hitting like what like 160 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, he's got five homers, but he's got like eight RBIs, you know, and uh, is it going to get any better? I doubt it. I mean, he might go on a little hot streak, but I mean, what, what did he hit like two, 260 last year, 240, something yeah, like that? Yeah, 33 homers. He hit 33 yeah. homers. You know, that was a shock. I mean, uh, you know, if, if he's off steroids, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, HGH or whatever. Yeah, whatever but, uh, he's on. Whatever. But, I mean, uh, you know, Ellsbury's a disaster. I, I mean, you, you can't get around it. I mean, I said it when they signed him. And when they announced it, like $155 mm-hmm. million or something, you're like, what are you doing? I mean, the guy, he hadn't had a good year in Boston in a couple of years. He really only had one great year. Him and Headley had, those, Headley had that great year in San Diego, oh. and Jacoby had that one MVP-type season, and yeah. then that was it. One season for Ellsbury and Headley. I'd never even heard of the guy until they signed him. And what a racket he's got, man. He's the most unassuming human like that's ever graced the Yankees uniform he's getting paid like what 60 80 million whatever it and is he's sliding under the radar no it, one's even killing him yeah and he's hitting like 170 no one cares and uh because he's overshadowed by everybody else so you know hey good for him I'd you know I'd take that package for sure um but you know their best player really is Brett Gardner mm-hmm. and uh if Brett Gardner's your best player you're probably not going to win a lot of games and I love Brett Gardner but he's a great complimentary player like you go back to the the winning teams like 09 10 like those types of teams you know they were great because Robinson Cano was a great young player you know A-Rod Tex all those guys Jeter was still in his prime theoretically and uh, all these guys were producing and their their CC was off the charts Mm -hmm. you know what I mean uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Sui was still great. You know, they had good players kind of everywhere, and everyone was producing. And if you weren't producing, you were benched yeah, or you were it, off yeah. the team. And, uh, you know, you go back to the real glory years, the late 90s, early 2000s. And, uh, I mean, what was great about those teams is uh, I know they have a lot of players that we all know, obviously, like Bernie, Tino, Jeter, O'Neill, all these guys. None of those guys were superstar players they were all really good players really good team oriented players and right now i can't even remember who's playing second base you know what i mean castro and he's playing horribly you know who's this guy and who's the guy at shortstop you know i mean i know his name obviously but i mean like who are these guys you know what i mean and uh uh, losing uh, the the first baseman to injury for the entire year. What's his name? Bird. Yeah. <laughs> losing him that really hurt. I mean, at least what I saw of him last year, he looked like he had a promising swing for Yankee Stadium yep. as a lefty. Uh, and it would have taken some of the burden off text playing first base every night. And, uh, you know, they could have platooned A-Rod at third a little bit and mixed in the DH, uh, you know, with Beltran. But that really hamstrung them a little bit. They didn't really sign anybody notable i mean mccann's been a disaster this is the first year we didn't sign a big time free agent you know what i liked about the late 90s teams we had guys on the bench we'd have charlie hayes wade boggs 
Mariano Duncan, Luis Soho, Cecil Fielder, Strawberry. These guys are sitting on a bench. My boy Homer Bush, by the way, who is he uh, comes on very, my show all the time. He's a great dude. Oh, he's Ta- hilarious. Ta- tell him I said hi. I'm good. He comes on all the time. I he's love a great Homer, guy. man. He just signed with the uh, Rangers. He's like, uh, oh, he's, he really? yeah, he got a job like instructing the farm system or something. Awesome, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, my uncle works for the Yankees, so I met oh. him at Old Timers Day a bunch of years ago. And him and I are, you know, he's only a couple years older than me, so him and I got along pretty good. And uh, him and Graham Lloyd, man, are just great dudes. That's funny you mentioned Homer Bush because I remember, you know, I'll hit up anybody on my show. He came on. We talked for like an hour and a half and just like nothing about baseball, just telling stories. I'm like, okay, that was a 90 minutes with Homer Bush. And thank you. He's, he's such a great dude. Such a great guy. Besides yeah. the Yankees, what other sports are you fanatical about? Because I'll watch every sport. Eddie's sitting over here. I watch, when I mean I'll watch tennis match, I'll watch. Every, I, that's all I do is watch sports. Yep. What else are you fanatical about? Because the Yankees and Kentucky are my things. What's your things? Honestly, I mean, everything, really. I mean, uh, the Yankees are my top team, for sure. But um, I, I love tennis. Uh, probably my second favorite sport to watch. And only recently, really, because of the men's tennis game has just been so intriguing with the, the big four and really the big five, if you count Stan, over the past, like, 10, 15 years after uh, Agassi and, uh, and Sampras. I mean, just the way I look at it, we're just privileged to watch Federer and Djokovic and Nadal. Nadal yeah. These guys are amazing. And uh, I love Serena, too. I mean, I love watching her. She's the best that ever lived. Ever. She dominates to the point where no one dominates our sport like she does. I think she's the most dominant athlete in their sport, men or women. Certainly women. Um, and maybe even men. She dominates her sport unlike anybody else. If she wants to win, no one's going to beat her. So um, it's fun to watch. I love golf. I mean, Maryland basketball, I'm, I'm huge on. Okay. Uh, what a disappointment this year was. God. You guys are supposed to be way better oh, this year, too. God. Way be- they have you- five NBA players. Yes, I know. Five. <laughs> and they can't make it past the Sweet 16. Jesus. And the year before, they had uh, five NBA players yes, know, also. And then they lost to West Virginia. They were supposed to play Kentucky in the Sweet 16. Yes, of course. I was worried about that game. They had 29 turnovers mm-hmm. against West Virginia, and they got blown out. God. <laughs> Still pisses me off that they lost in 1998 to St. John's with the Ron Artest team when they had Steve Francis and Terrence Morris and all these guys. Well, you weren't going to be Kentucky in that year, so that's okay. God. Pisses me off, man. Uh, but we got our championship in 2002, so that was nice. Uh, I was at the Final Four in 01 and 02. Uh, so, listen, we won a national championship. Not a lot of colleges can say they've won a national championship. And I went there. So it's like, uh, you know, and I grew up in Connecticut, so I love UConn also. So okay. four national championships in the last, uh, since 99. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Um, it's fun to watch those this Big East situation uh, and the ACC. What a fucking it bothers me. disaster, yeah, the Big man! East bothers me. Big East tournament a few years ago. That I know we're just talking now. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. We're hanging out. The Big East tournament was must watch. You used to go there. You used to get the ticket and watch Syracuse, Villanova. I, I watched that six overtime yeah, UConn Jerry Syracuse. Game. Yes, oh my god. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I, I, I watched the, uh, the the Ray Allen Allen Iverson championship game in '96. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he hit the leaning shot. Ray Allen did to win. That was un- unbelievable. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just reading about Pro Washington, and uh, you know, going back to the uh, the mid '80s, like Syracuse, Georgetown. Uh, Villanova, St. John's. Uh, I mean, those. You know, Seton Hall was good back then. I mean, those were those were the years, man. And uh, that was to me that was college basketball at its best. Uh, now, I know you're a Kentucky fan, mm-hmm. but you get these guys with these coaches like Calipari and these guys who just uh, recruit these one and done guys. And I'm probably a little bit jealous because I wish Maryland was doing it. But at the same time, I don't like uh, college basketball how you get these guys for one year and then they're gone. As much as I dislike the hypocrisy of the NFL and the uh, the rules with college football mm-hmm. it's better that they're forced to stay at least two years because then you can actually like plan around these guys um, 
you know, you look at the exodus at Ohio State. I mean, they'll, they'll get over it, but they had two great years, and they could have won back-to-back championships, you know? So they lose a couple guys. They'll, they'll refill. Mm-hmm. But uh, in college hoops, if you get these one, in, like this guy at uh, Simmons, right, at LSU. Ben Simmons, sure. So, I mean, it turns out he's a bit of a disaster. He'll probably be the number one pick. But, I mean, would you feel comfortable picking him number one? And I'm glad you mentioned it. And I'm glad we're just kicking it now, yeah. not like, hi, how was Egypt? <laughs> the thing with Ben Simmons bothered me. 68 teams make the tournament. You're, you're the best player in the country. How do you, you not make bring the your tournament? team to the tournament? In, in a bad SEC, yes. how do you not make the tournament? And yeah. you, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned the one and done. Listen, I love Calipari. Listen, how can you not love Calipari? He, it, it reminds you a lot of Steinbrenner. People hated Steinbrenner because he wasn't yours. So I love Calipari. I love that Calipari's getting these one. But it's tough now. Calipari has the greatest recruiting class two years ago. Next year they struggle because these high school kids are like, shit, am I going to go there and not play? What happens if... Murray stays, Willie Cauley-Stein stays, Carl Towns stays. So I, I would love the two-year rule. I really would. I, would, I think it would help out college basketball a lot. You agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, look at Maryland this year. They lose uh, three underclassmen this year. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, uh, Melo didn't sign with an agent, so maybe he'll come back. But Diamond Stone, he's going to be a lottery pick. Is he ready for the NBA? Absolutely not. He's going to be a bust. But, I mean, you know, who can blame the guy? He's going to sign a three-year contract, get at least 4 or $5 million. Of course. And, you know, what other business are you going to make 4 or $5 million for by the time you're 25? And even if you bust out. Go right to Europe. Yeah, and you still have 4 or $5 million, mm-hmm. which is a hell of a lot more than 99.999% of people will have at that age. So, you know, and if, honestly, let's be honest, if he stayed in college and, you know, got his degree and he played four years, what if he got injured? Then he gets nothing, you know what I mean? So I don't blame these kids one bit. Uh, you know, it doesn't even matter where you're from economically. Money's money, and I would do the same thing, to be honest. Now, I've had you on 40 minutes. A couple more things. NBA guy or eh? I'll be honest. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't pay attention. I don't like the NBA. I mean, the Knicks just ruined me with the NBA. I mean, it is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not even fun to watch. It's 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 humiliating, honestly. When people are like, "Oh, you must be a huge Knicks fan," absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like it, Dolan and Isaiah, and like the Allen Houston, Chris Childs, like Latrell Sprewell Knicks just ruined me for the Knicks, and I, I have not recovered. And I don't like the NBA players now. I don't really like. I love Tim Duncan. I like I like players in the NBA. I dislike LeBron. I like Dwayne Wade. I like the players who just do their job. That's why I like the Spurs so much. So I actually cheer for the Spurs. I cheer for Steph Curry. I think he's awesome. I thought he was awesome in college. I like guys like uh, Draymond Green. I like guys who just put their head down, do their job, don't talk a lot of smack, and you know, don't like uh, take the sound, talents to South Beach. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Like Kevin Durant, that's a player you can cheer for. Like the guy signed like a four-year extension a couple years ago, and it was just like, okay, I'm back. You know what I mean? There was no hoopla. Yeah. That barely made the ESPN scroll on the yeah. bottom. Hey, that's huge news. Durant staying in Oklahoma yeah. City. I'm a huge Knicks fan. When they went from, like you said, the Sprewell Childs, then they went to the Marbury era, it, they're tough to watch. Marbury, tough, good Lord. But they're tough to even root for. And, like, I love the Knicks. Because I remember the old Knicks with the – we're going to – the Ewing, Oakley, Mason, Charles Smith, yeah. those teams were fun. They were gritty, and they left it all on the floor. You don't see too many players leave it on the floor. And you mentioned Tim Duncan. He just does everything right. Like, you never hear anything. Of it. The way he dresses, he, go to the game, I play, I win, see you later. Well, here's the other thing that drives me crazy, right? And uh, back in the day, you had those Knicks, like, the, you know, the Harper, Oakley, Ewing, you know, the Charles Smith, all those guys. They stayed together for years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And if you didn't win it, they they would come back and they would generally get to the apex at some point. Look at the Pacers, man. They had the Davis guys, you know, they had Miller, they had Rick Smith Mark Jackson. and yeah, Mark sure. Jackson. And, you know, they were never that great, but then they just stayed together and eventually they got over the hump and they, they made the finals, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
They were never going to beat the Lakers, but no one was going to beat those no, Lakers. No and, uh, you know, but that's that's how it used to be. Now you get all these guys who are just like, oh, I need to play with my friend. Oh. Like, really? Like, you guys don't have enough money where you can all go on vacation to the oh, south that, of France? Like, you know, me. afterwards? Like, I mean, I saw, like, LeBron and Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade on a banana tube, like, in fucking Aruba. You know what I mean? And you're like, what? Like, can you imagine Jordan going on vacation? <laughs> How about Kobe? You would never picture no, Kobe. No, never, like, never, hey, never. I get two of my boys here. Um, off the NBA thing, what do you think of the NFL with the whole three games in England this year? Thanks, Sean. Three games in England this year, maybe an expansion there. Do you like that or not really? Well, I'll be honest. I've been to a couple of the games in London. I'm, I'm going to the Giants game this year in London. So, so, so wait, so wait. So um, I'm, I'm happy you get to do it. And it's in Twickenham this year, too. It's not just uh, Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, listen, man, if, if they're going to expand to London, I'm all for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, where they, listen, I'd rather have a team in London than in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Uh, where nobody gives a shit or... You know, this team in Oakland, I hope they move to Vegas. Oh, without that, I, I hope they do. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, have you been to that stadium in Oakland? Yeah. It's horrible. Shithole. It's horrible. It's like almost as bad as the one in Tampa, you know, the, the, where the Rays play, or St. <laughs> Petersburg. But, uh, you know, if they play in London. Yeah, in Tropicana, that's hard. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's like the old Chase Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, man, if, if they go to London, I love it. It would be interesting to see how they do road trips. They'd probably have to take like a month. Like let's say they played the NFC West or the AFC West mm-hmm. one, you know, one year. They'd probably have to do it where they'd schedule all four games to in a row. There, four home games yeah. in a row to do it. So that would be complicated. But, I mean, at the same time, the NFL is, is designed so – uh, you know, you can go worst to first. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very unusual that you have a Patriots or like a 1980s 49ers team that's good for 10, 15 years. It's it's rare. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, London team is eventually going to be good, and there's eventually going to be a Super Bowl there for sure. And uh, they got great stadiums. they got great fans, and those people are really into it. And uh, I'm in London several times a year. Those people are excited. And every game sells out. Yeah, of course. And that's what you want. Yeah. In Jacksonville, they never sell out. No, <laughs> Jacksonville's horrible. And they're, owned by a, and they're owned by a Pakistani guy who has a residence in London, so I would not be shocked. Jacksonville goes over there. Yeah, you can't. I don't see them adding new teams. No, no. But, no. I mean, uh, they can't get a new stadium in Jacksonville. Oakland's not going to move to London, but, you know, uh, Minnesota's getting a new stadium. What about Buffalo? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking they, about they, moving. They love to, that team there. They love that team. They, they love the team, but that stadium is terrible. Uh, they're not going to move to Toronto. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of uh, you know contenders to move, but uh, I think Jacksonville is the most likely team. And now there's a, one other thing I want to ask you. And I actually this is the first time we spoke, and I got this because I was in um, when I flew to Thailand. We stayed. We were supposed to go in Beijing for two days. We stayed in Thailand an extra couple of days, and we stayed in Gansgao, China. I think it was the airport for like 16 hours. Guangzhou. What, yeah, what was yeah. it? How you say it? Wangzhou. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was the worst airport ever. There was no toilets there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm number uh, – I'm poop shy. So I, could, I had to hold it in for 16 hours. And I know this is – I know you get access a lot, but I have to ask you this again. When do you count a country? Because I don't count China as going there. I was like, oh, you were in China. No, I, I stayed in the airport. For me personally, and every, I like when you said it one time, maybe the first time you were on my show, whatever you want to count. If you're in the – I count it if I leave the – I don't do the stamp because in Europe you don't get the stamp when you yep. go to a bunch – if I leave the airport, maybe have uh, something to eat, walk around a few hours. Is there anything like, oh, I count the country? You don't really. 
You know, I would say technically, if you've been to an airport, you've technically been in the country. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is not because that I like firmly believe that because I don't. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, the Traveler Century Club. Uh, if you look at the rules, it says yes. that if you've done even a layover in a country, theoretically, you've been there because you've been terra firma, like on the ground in that country. Um, you know, it, but like I said uh, to you the first time, and like I said, everyone who asked me this, it's Whatever you feel comfortable with, I mean, you could do it technically. Uh, you could say some people spend a night. Uh, you know, I haven't spent a night in everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have no problem admitting that. There's a lot of places I haven't wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I mean... Um, you know, there's a couple places, like, I remember uh, there's been a couple countries where I had, like, flights canceled, like, uh, to the Central African Republic, right? Uh, so I had a flight canceled, and it was either I go there uh, and then fly right back because mm -hmm. I'd already paid for the ticket or I don't go. So, obviously, I did that. You know what I mean? It was like I already paid for the damn ticket. It's, they don't give refunds in <laughs> Central Africa. You know what I mean? So, you know, do, do I feel like it was a great visit? No. But do I feel like my life would have changed Should I spend a week there? Fuck no. Yeah. You know, is it keeping me up at night? No, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Uh, will I go back there at some point? Yeah, I'll go back there at some point. Mm -hmm. But I mean, um, do I count it? Yes, I count it. I was there. Yeah, well, see, it's funny. John, he just left, my travel buddy. He's like, oh, we were in Brazil for, I think, five hours in the airport. He's like, I count it. I'm like, why? He goes, because if shit happens, I have to call him like, hey, I'm in Brazil yeah. and I need help. So that's his count. One last thing before I let you go. I know you have an actual appointment to go to with visas because, you know, you look up Google, toughest visas to get. Eddie Pele, I'm going to mention him again over there. I don't know if you want to say anything, Ed. He gets crazy. He'll randomly text me, hey, you want to hit up Tibet to watch a lacrosse game? He's, <laughs> um, Eddie, and I, I think I said this the first time, yeah, he literally flew to Hawaii. He flew to Alaska by himself, walked for like two hours, his cell phone froze just to watch a college visit, and flew, flew back like an hour later. He's beyond nuts. But with the visas, Tibet, Saudi Arabia, Angolia, Angola, Iran, are these visas... Someone like me, who I'm going to go everywhere. That's my goal. It's, it's, a, it's a passion of mine. Sports and the travel. I love going there. I love telling the story. I love just seeing a culture, walking around. Do you just apply for these visas, get turned down, turned down, turned down, turned down? Boom, I got accepted. And then you go. Is that how you worked with some of these? You know, it's funny you said Angola. That's that. I always say that's the hardest visa in the world to get, and mm -hmm. I, I think I applied for that one four or five times, like whatever it was, and I was denied, 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 and for no reason. Like you're not even given a reason. You're like, I'm sorry, what, why was I denied? Because they're like, you know, they ask for all this stuff. I'm like, I don't have any diseases. I, I I have enough money in my bank account, and you have to like get a note from your doctor. You have to show them your your bank account. You know, I've had all the shots I'm supposed to have. You know what I mean? I had, uh, you know, I was more than willing to buy a plane ticket and pay for a hotel. And they're like, no, you can't go. And you're like, well, what did I do? No reason. And uh, <laughs> so finally, I, I was just able to, uh, you know, make contact with some people who uh, got in. And I was just like, how did you do it? You know what I mean? And then they gave me a guy's email and he like knew somebody and he like wrote a letter for me. And uh, same thing happened to me in Algeria, which I was denied multiple times. For, and you're like, why Algeria? You know what I mean? So you could take a boat there from France. You know what I mean? So it's... Uh, uh, who knows, man? It, you know, it's bureaucracy at its finest, especially in Africa. Like some of the worst places in the world, like, you know, are, are the hardest uh, to get visas for. Like Pakistan's a really tough visa to mm -hmm. get. Um, Iran's a tough visa to get. You know, th things like that. So, you know, you just got to play the game. It's really irritating. It's really annoying. And I've spent 
tens of thousands of dollars on visas and uh but at the same and it's annoying but at the same time if you were in another country and you're trying to come to america you have no idea how difficult oh, it is I, to I get know. to america so when i when i bitch about the visas in another country I, I quickly shut up because i'm like i'm so lucky to be american or you know one of the uh, western europe you know schengen countries where you don't have to get visas to go to the majority of countries imagine if you were uh, I don't know, a national of Uganda or something mm-hmm. like that. And he wanted to travel the world. I know a guy from India who traveled to every country. He had to give visas to like 90% of the countries to go there. I mean, that sucks. So um, we think we got a bad. It could be worse. And we're going to wrap up with this. I know you're going to France for the Euro Cup yeah. 2016. Like you said, the French Open. Yep. You're going to watch all that. Any other plan? Now, do you plan the rest? This is the last thing we're going to end up with. I know you have shit to go to. <clears throat> do you have anything else planned? Like, hey, I'm going to go here. Like, I have, in June, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away in August. September's my big trip. That's the mm-hmm. Egypt one. December, I didn't fill in the blank chef for those other places. Do you have your stuff already planned out for the rest of the year? or? Yeah, I got a, I got a bunch of stuff planned uh, for the rest of the year, and then I have a couple things that are up in the air. Uh, so, yeah, June 1st to 22nd, I'm in uh, Colorado for a work summit thing, and uh, then I'm in France for two weeks for the French final, and I'm going to five different Euro Cup games, and then um, I'll be in Paris. I got an apartment in Paris for a week, and okay. so I'm just going <laughs> to eat and drink and <laughs> hang out, and uh, I'm going to rent a car, head up to uh, Normandy, and... Uh, uh, my grandfather served there, so um, cool. you know, and I've actually never been to Normandy, so I'm really excited to do that and uh, go take pictures in Mont Saint Michel, and uh, then um, uh, my buddy's joining me, and uh, who's actually the guy who convinced me to study abroad originally, and he's a huge soccer fan, lived in London, also a big Arsenal fan. So we're going, we're starting in uh, Marseille, then we're going to, we have two games in Marseille, then we have a game in Toulouse, a game in Saint Etienne, and we have an extra day, so we're either gonna we're going to go somewhere. We might go back to Andorra because the two of us went there like 10 years ago together. Mm-hmm. So we might go again just to see if any duty-free items are on sale because <laughs> that's basically what Andorra is. is a big shopping mall <laughs> in a mountain. And uh, and then head up to Paris, catch the last game, and then I have to fly to New Orleans. I'm in New Orleans for a uh, travel conference, U.S. travel conference for five days. And then uh, I'm making an effort to be here in the city. I like to be here in the summer, so I don't travel a ton in the summer. Mm-hmm. But then I have a lot of stuff that just comes up, like I get off work offers to do things. And uh, I'm going to climb Mount Elbrus probably in August, which is a, one of the seven summits. It's okay. the highest mountain in uh, Europe. And then in December or January, I'm going to do the highest mountain in South America. So that'll that will be uh, Aconcagua. It's on the Chile-Argentina uh, border. Okay. So that will be my fourth seven summit. And then uh, I... I'm working with a bunch of tour companies on some crazy Arctic and polar expeditions. And then next March, I think I'm going to do a repo boat, get uh, three more of those Traveler Century Club uh, list places, Tristan de Cunha, Ascension, St. Helena, and it also goes to South Georgia Island. Okay. So I'm, I'd be excited to do that. It's it's like four weeks, which is an annoying amount of time to, to spend on a boat. But uh, it's it's like a $20,000 trip, uh, that, you know, I can do theoretically as work. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all right off to me. And, uh, so if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I got that and then I'm working on a couple other things. And like I said, things come up, I have Mm -hmm. to be around, especially to do like television stuff. And, um, you know, I have to leave some time available to do, to work and to do some that stuff. pesky work. Yeah, yeah, That's man. what kills everything around here, man. Yeah, and I just, I like being here and I like, yeah. I like hanging out in the city. I like hanging out with my friends. You know, I'm a normal dude, so I like, uh, like to be here. I'm not like one of these uh, people who are vagabond, nomad these, these types. We are no, who don't mean? talk to anybody for yeah, years. <laughs> that's not me, man. So I got, I have friends.
friends and I like, like people and doing stuff and uh, going to games and concerts and, and listen Manhattan in the summer it's about as good as it gets man it's about as good as it gets so yeah man a lot going on and I'm sure stuff will come up the next time you talk you'll be like what have you been up to the last few months and I'll be like I didn't know I was going to do this yeah. but I did this you know and uh, you know man just living life man just having a good time and just, you know doing, doing whatever the fuck I want which is great what else can you ask for in life man I have to really thank you. First off, thanks Sean Riddle for th- getting us the upstairs at Jack Dempsey's. Yeah, I've thanks, done, man. Appreciate it. I've done radio here with the Kentucky guys and stuff with Cameron Mills. Uh, so thank you, Sean, for letting me come up here. We talked for 52 minutes, and I'm going to be honest. I, t- I told you this last time. It's weird telling another guy this. You're really someone I actually do look up to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because you speak with passion. And when people you, – you said it perfectly. When I meet someone like – like John and I will go out. We'll go on a double date. We'll meet a few other – Oh, like, yeah, we just got back. Oh, and they feel inclined to t- and they don't give a shit, which is cool. I, I don't want people to feel, listen, Kentucky loses, I cry. Sean was, was there when Kentucky lost at Ohio State at Barclays. They had to carry me out. I threw, <laughs> it was a regular season game in what, December? I, I cried. Like, that, that's the only time I show emotion. When people have such passion, you have passion with sports and with travel, and you make it work. I see so many people like, oh, I wish I could travel. And I'm always like, oh, why don't you? I have, I'm not rich. I don't have any yeah. money. I'm like, how do you make it work? Well, I don't stay in a five-star hotel when I go to Poland. I make it work for me. And the fact that you made it work for you, and you did very, you know, when people say, you're not just a, a traveler. You've done great things in business. You do, you work your ass off. If you, yep. YouTube, you Google, you're everywhere. You're all over. So. It's, a, it's not luck, as I say, as yeah. I always say. It's not luck. And I appreciate what you just said. Mm-hmm. And uh, just one thing about passion. Um, I love people who are passionate about whatever it is, even if I think it's silly, mm-hmm. like, uh, I hate science, right? <laughs> like, I don't know anything about science. I mentioned chemistry before. I think those chemistry nerds are, you know, nerds, <laughs> but it, when they talk about it, if they're passionate and knowledgeable, I'm like, holy shit, man, that's awesome, man. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I respect that. It's like, it's like people who, you know, doctors and stuff like that. Like I, I, I don't like blood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like seeing people who are sick or injured or whatever but I'm sure as hell glad there are people who hell are yeah. into that and are passionate about it and know what they're talking about or else we'd all be dead so I mean uh, you know I admire people who are passionate whatever their passion is like you know even if it's a regular season Kentucky game at least you're passionate <laughs> about something man I, I, I'm sure you've met these people too when you meet people who are just so blah about everything you're like what do you even like yeah. you know what I mean like what what do you do mm-hmm. like when you're just sitting there like what do you watch on TV yes, <laughs> you know? I, I, you know, I, I hate that we just I know you have to go yeah man I'm, when, no rush when I talk to somebody i'm like you know hey what do you like if you go on a date what are you into oh i like the outdoors well that's it yeah i travel where <laughs> well just vegas and which is cool like, i never yeah. knock anyone like oh okay, nah. you go to crazy places but they have no passion or no oomph and like what do you like mike you're so energetic yeah because i love life i love to sit in the airport for eight hours and i get excited about yeah. sitting at the window seat landing in some country i don't know the language i'm excited that kentucky is has these high school kids about the yankees when you have a passion, it makes your life so much better. And when you have such passion with so much stuff you speak about, not just sports, your eyes lit up when you talk about men's tennis finals. Yeah. And traveling. And that's cool shit, man. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be the same with like foods and beers mm-hmm. and wines and, uh, you know, history, current events, news, politics. We didn't even talk about Donald Trump. Good yeah. Lord. But I, I mean, it's so funny. <laughs> I, I, made, I made notes to talk to you about. And I'm like, shit, I want to talk to him about beer you like, food you like, yeah. your politics. 
yeah. you obviously going to come on again. But I'm, I was like, fuck, there's so much shit. But I'm like, we already talked for an hour. But, <laughs> but you're right. There's so much stuff to be passionate about. And people aren't. And it's, it sucks for them. Yeah, it's exactly. And it's, uh, you know, you mentioned energy. I feel like I have so much energy at all times. And like, I'm always excited to do stuff. And I just like doing stuff. And if you don't have energy uh, and passion, you know, it's... Uh, it's like, you know, it's cool. I mean, you know, I just go home it's and boring life. Though, you know, watch watch reruns of whatever. You know, Kardashian yeah. shows. I don't know what people watch now. Man, there's people who lived uh, through those reality shows. Oh. It's like it's like the opposite of reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's someone else's reality. It ain't yours. Yeah. And it's <laughs> all I watch is documentaries and sports. That's yeah. all I can watch. If like, oh, I'm watching the Kardashian. But you know, whatever whatever flows yeah, your exactly. boat. I'm not gonna judge anybody. Else. Any- yeah, whatever. I can't knock anybody because I'm like, I do crazy shit. Like people yeah. like. Bro, you live in New York City your whole life and you cry over Kentucky? I'm like, blame, good blame, point. You win. <laughs> b- believe me, man. People who have never met and will never met judge me every damn day. You should see some of these emails I get. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, you're a complete loser. But I mean, you know, whatever, man. If it I, makes I you got, feel better, go ahead. I got to tell you one <laughs> funny thing. So right before I left, I Googled you. You know, I, that sounds like really, I Googled you before we met at the bar. <laughs> um, the weird thing was, you know, you have your website and a, mil- a million people do the interview with you. And I hated... It bothered me the first interview we, I did with you because I asked you generic questions and it bothered me. I'm like, shit, I asked <laughs> And it bothered me. And Eddie has something to do with that, but we talked North Korea. Um, and I think we're getting to show this personality now. It's not just about travel. It's about life and the passion of traveling and experience cultures. And people write in the comments about you like, oh, he doesn't count. He only stayed in the airport. It's like, what, dude, what is your – like you're yeah, hating yeah, on yeah, him? Like, yeah. And then you read like so-and-so from Missouri – like this, he's an asshole. He, why do they hate you? Like they're, they don't yeah. like you. Well, and, and most of the people, yeah, but a lot of these people, they don't even use their real names or email. You know, they're just called trolls. <laughs> yeah, you ever been on Twitter? Good lord! Oh god, it's brutal, isn't it? <laughs> Every time I go on, uh, you know, national like Fox or something like that, and no matter what I talk about, you get trolled right afterwards. It's so funny, man. <laughs> and these guys are like ten followers. You know, her probably all eggs. Yeah, you know say, what with mean? The egg and picture, uh, yeah. you know, whatever, dude. It's just uh, you know, the way I look at it is when someone trolls me like that. Or like, well, you didn't do this, so it doesn't really yeah. count. And you're like, you're such a loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel bad for you. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever. So it, it's literally no skin off my back. I actually, how else can you take it? You take it as a how compliment you you, and yeah. you feel bad for them. You know what I mean? It's like, this is your life. Like if you or I or some normal human like didn't like something, you'd like change the channel or like yeah. just not read it or not watch it or whatever. You wouldn't like take the time to to write to somebody. You know what I mean? The only time, I only do uh, social media. Well, I only do Twitter. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I've never once written something negative no. about somebody why? Because like you know what? If I think that person did something shitty, okay, that sucks for them. No, the only time I would ever write something negative is if like like somebody made a big error or like dropped a touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah. like that guy oh, sucks. No, that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's Fire like so and so. We don't want to. <laughs> but that's different. You know what I mean? It's not like you're it's personally attacking somebody. You're like, how did you miss that call, ref? You know what I mean? Something like that. You know. Okay. So anyway, man. Yeah. Listen. You know. <laughs> People are what they are, and like if you know, I was not blessed with sensitivity. That's like one thing I really am not, you know, really good at. But I mean, uh, you know, so it doesn't. It just shit doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Uh, If you want to say anything about me, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. I wish it bothered me sometimes, but listen, we did a fifty-eight minutes, and this is. Just say I did 100 shows. This is like the 85th that just ended up with us just talking. And everyone's like, oh, that's a good quality you have. Like, because people who listen to the show, like, bro, it was great. You, went, you know, I don't know if, obviously, you know, Felipe Lopez from St. John's. Of course. He comes on all the time. What is he doing now? 
He's the NBA liaison for Dominican Republic. Really? They just gave him a good job. Cool. Yeah, he's he was one, he's one of the funnest guests to come on. He's like a great dude. I don't know anything about him. He, yeah. Just that he was supposed to save St. John's in the Big East, like back in the day when he came out. Remember the cover sports? Yeah, yeah the cover of SI. Exactly, with, exactly. Uh, the Statue of Liberty. The yep. Big East is back with Felipe. I, I remember it. Yeah, he he's one of the coolest guys. And every show starts the first twenty minutes, and the last forty minutes were just like talking to random stories. But yeah, man. So I just want everyone to subscribe to my show. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, people actually, you know what's funny? People actually listen to it. It's all basically just like a lot of your shows, and this is the truth. I think out of my five top shows, I had Jake the Snake Roberts on. That was huge. That's he, awesome. He put it on his website, which blew up when, right? The day the documentary came on, he put it on. Um, it's funny, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the wrestlers get the most <laughs> shit. Kamala came on. Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. It was That's the worst. awesome, I, I, dude. I, I, we got to go, but I, I got to tell you something funny. So I hit up Kamala. Kamala comes on. He was great. He told great stories. I'm shocked he's still alive, honestly. No, this, this <laughs> and I hate wor- saying that. No, but. this is the worst part. Have you ready for this? Lee? Listen to this. This is something we should say off the air, but I'm hanging out. I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at a bar one night, and we're talking about I always ask the question, who's the coolest person on your phone to my guests? I'm like, I'll call Kamala right now. <laughs> So the bartender lowered, he turned the music off. He's like, call Kamala. I put him on speaker. I'm like, Kamala, it's Mike. What's up, bro? He's like, is that his real name, Kamala? No, no, it's, it's something Harris. Eric Harris, he goes, <laughs> oh, Mike, I'm, uh, I'm in the hospital. They just took off my second leg. Oh, lost God. Bo- I'm like, oh, and the whole bar is like all upset. I'm like, God, you just killed the Jesus entire. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so Sorry. Kamala, Kamala doesn't have too much. But like I said, you're one of the most listened to. It's funny. I guess when people either Google you, my podcast comes up, or when they go on the podcast app on iTunes, like the second interview had over like, a thousand listens just and so that's why i love having you on not to get listeners i don't get paid for this i'm not allowed to because of my my regular employment i'm not allowed to get paid for another job but every time i get so many comments about good things about you oh wow his website he's a down-to-earth guy like why wouldn't he be so i I actually really appreciate you coming on dude you met me in manhattan you have stuff going on in chelsea now i really appreciate you coming on and anytime man i appreciate that and uh, as i always say it doesn't cost anything to be nice and just do me the i love your thing and eddie loves your uh your quote. Give me the quote about traveling like golf. I think you used the golf quote, right? What, what is it? <laughs> yeah, travel is like golf. It's a hobby you can do your whole life, and it's never the same twice. Awesome quote. Listen, everyone, go to his leeabamonte.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Sappho, and subscribe on iTunes. Mike Sappho, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. We have Deacon from King of Queens on Wednesday, Doug Flynn on Friday, and then we'll see who else comes on my show. Thank you, everybody, for listening.